traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. I know she's not deaf or dumb or retarded or anything. Ordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW Twilight Zone Review, episode 152. Today's episode is 416 on Thursday, Wheelie for Home. I'm Phoenix West. So, uh, as far as season four goes, uh, one of the last three, and I cannot be more excited to be done with season four and to move on to, sadly, what is the greener pastures of, of season five, which is still not even close to the high points of season, you know, seasons one through three. So it's sad when season five looks like this amazing oasis in the distance where I'm like, oh, is it, is it really there? Oh, here we come. Oh, God, thank God. Season four has sucked me dry, and I just want to get to season five, and here we go. Almost there. And it's like looking at all the great episodes that I love personally, and, and there's a lot of good episodes in season five, but it's a lot of the episodes I love are, are in the rear view at this point. They are just drifting away as a distant memory. And it sucks, and I kind of want to go back to some of those episodes because, you know, season two has a lot of my favorite episodes, even though season two gets made fun of a lot. But it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, experience to get past season four because I didn't think the world would live to see it. It felt like this season would go on forever. And I looked it up, and we started season four. I want to say about a year ago, uh, today, as of recording, it is January 14th, 2020, we started season four, I can look at it right here, because it's right here, we started that season on November 24th of 2018, so over a year, good God, I thought it was a little less, but there's only 18 episodes in a season, folks. To be fair, that was episode 119 of our show, so we've done a lot of shows since then, uh, just a lot of commentaries and stuff to avoid doing season four, and I kind of regret that now, because if we would have just, you know, uh, you know, bolted ourselves down to our seats and just forced ourselves to watch season four, we'd be done with that shit like six months ago. Taking three months off of our show between episodes one fifty or one forty nine, one fifty didn't help. It made this seem a lot longer than it should have, but we had issues, and uh, I just want to get past it. There's only th- there's only two more after this episode. Passage on the Lady Anne and the Bard. And the Bard's a comedy, so we know how that's going to go. But on Thursday, we leave for home. Uh, I remember this episode, and, but not well. I'll say that. As, as with a lot of season four episodes, I vaguely remember it. I don't remember how it really flows, though. And this is like the, the weirdest little morality play I've ever seen on the show, where it's not a whole lot of story. But in a good way. It's stretched out over an hour, which sounds like all negative things, the things I bitch about for season four having, which is minimal plot, extended dialogue sequences, glycerin on the face, uh, which we just call Vaseline out of humor. But it's, it's got all those little, little things that usually are like, oh, God, it's such a sweaty extended episode that shouldn't be an hour. But I, I would say for, for the, one of the few times in season four, the hour format fits this episode better. You get to see the... The uh, I don't want to even want to say like uh, it's not a character arc really a little bit of a character arc but you get to see his steady 
So it's not an arc. It's, it doesn't go down. It's just a steady incline to insanity for this guy. It's, it's beautiful. For James Whitmark's character, Captain William Benteen, which is a disgusting name. Benteen sounds like uh, either A, Dentine Ice, uh, or like a, sounds like something in the army where you talk about the guy who cleans the latrines. Like he's a Benteen, cleans the shit out of there. He's goddamn best guy in the, in the, in the army. He's, he's so good at it. He cleans it with his toothbrush. He uses it right after. He doesn't even rinse it off after. That guy's amazing. Goddy damn, his best benteen cleaner I've ever seen. Disgusting man. It just feels like this uh, character has some real fucking issues. And, and I love the fact that it starts off with him like, he's like this, uh, I want to say friend of everybody, but then like two seconds later, because they're on an asteroid, uh, there's a colony on, a, on the some weird asteroid, uh, which has a ton of atmosphere and stuff, and they can just breathe without their helmets, whatever, who cares. But they... They're all living there. Apparently, there's a colony that settled there in like 1990 or something, and 30 people, and and now there's 187 people. So I don't know if they were fucking like inbreeding like crazy, like disgusting rats, or if they just had more and more people coming. I would assume the latter. Otherwise, the first one's disgusting, and there shouldn't be that many old people. But he starts off, and he's kind of like a friend to everybody, and he's like, trying, he's clearly in charge. He's keeping some guys in the like radar tower so they can keep looking for. A, they're, they're basically waiting for someone to come rescue them off this fucking shithole asteroid. So they're waiting, and the guys is like, "Oh, why even bother? There's two suns, dude. It's fucking hot as balls out here. Why? Why, why am I out here? Why'd I draw the short straw to get this duty? Like, there's another fifty-five men that we see on screen." That just sit around all day and don't do a goddamn thing for the, for the life of me. I can't tell what they do. I don't know. What, what is their job, sir, Mr. Benteen, Captain Benteen? What is their job? I have to sit in this fucking, like, sweat hut and just, just pour liquid out of my pores that I cannot find enough to replace. I don't know how I'm still alive because water's, water's at a premium here. Like, you could, you could sell a fucking testicle for water right now. It's, it's valuable. And... We have another guy uh, that's, I don't remember the fucking name. Who cares? Is this Al? Is this Al? I don't even know the character's name. There's a guy who's going against Captain Benteen, who is sleeping through his duties. He wakes him up, tells him to go cover for the guy. I'll tell him to take over tomorrow's shift, too. And I'm not going to go into detail because it doesn't really matter. But I like the fact that they're setting up these, not even, I would say setting up. I, I'm trying to figure out my phrasing that I want to use for this. They're, they're setting up a storyline where you think it's going to go into detail and you really think this is going to matter later, which is that this character you think is going to be against Captain Benteen the whole episode and this is what he's going to have to deal with because we've seen episodes like the little people and stuff like that, like characters like that. Every time there's astronauts and they go off on a mission, they end up getting their biggest fight, their biggest struggle is each other, the humans with them, like their other, their, their friends, their coworkers. I don't know why NASA or whoever the fuck is in control of the spaceships at this time is sending up, like, two really competent guys and this one, like, loner psychopath who has, like, a really, like, a god complex. <coughs> I haven't done a podcast by myself in a while, so my voice is slipping. And at minute seven and a half, this is a good sign. But why, why are they sending psychopaths? Do they not have, like, some sort of weird test to, send to, to have them do before they go to space? Like, hey, would you like millions of little people worshiping you? If you answer are there any... Anything other than, why, why are you asking me that? What? No. Then you're not going to space, bro. Sorry. It's kind of our policy now. We're just going to go ahead and stick with that. But no, they're setting this up, and they don't really follow through with it in, in a good way. It's not a red herring. 
It's just you think they want you to think this episode is going to be something else, which is these people are going to struggle against each other to survive. So you're waiting for that to pay off, and you're kind of watching how they're all interacting. One woman fucking hangs herself, and then uh, James Whitmore character walks up to her, and I was like, shit, is this how Brooks got the idea in Shawshank? I expect her to carve like Sally was here in the tree branch above her. And he's like, oh, that's a good idea. When you get back to Earth, I'll go commit some crimes, go to prison. Yeah, yeah. and it really is a, kind of a similar character, because Brooks didn't want to make it on the outside. He was scared to leave where he's used to, where he's been for so long. And the character here doesn't want to go back to Earth because he, he'll lose his power. And he decides he can't take it anymore and essentially hangs himself. That's basically what happens in this episode. Let's not fool ourselves. But I like the fact that they're setting this up. And you're, you're kind of, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be about a, people's, a group of people falling apart from the inside. And this is going to be glorious to watch. Like a longer version of The Mirror, which is just the quickest turnaround of... Oh, my enemies are going to kill me in the mirror. Oh, yeah, there you are. Shoot them all. And it's like, whoa, that was so fucking quick. I didn't get a time to breathe. Some episodes need more time to breathe. And this one luckily had some time to breathe. And it pays off a lot because this is a good episode. I really, you know, I'm not going to, I really do like this episode. It's, it's, it's very solid, especially for season four. It is a gem in season four. I know I really liked uh, the new exhibit. Frank wasn't a big fan of that episode, but I like it. I like that one a lot. This one is better, obviously. It's got better characters. There's more. Uh, there's more plot. There's more attention to detail. It's not as sitting around. Uh, 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 uh. I, the new exhibit does have flaws. This episode, though, is pretty solid. I have. I really have no complaints about this episode. And if you're into sweaty, glycerin, glycerin uh, slash Vaseline covered actors, this is your fucking episode, fans. Vaseline fans, welcome to the fold. This episode is for you. This is like your your. Uh, you're, this should go in your Mount Rushmore of sweaty actors. This has got to be it. Because you're not going to find more sweaty, dirty, disgusting actors than you are in this episode. Everyone. The kids, the women, the old ladies, old dudes. The main character is just dripping. Uh, the guy gets off a, a rocket because the ship does land to come save them. And the guy gets off the ship and immediately he's like, ugh, pouring sweat. And they're looking at the two sons. And the guy that uh, comes down off there, Tim, Tim O'Connor's character, uh, Colonel Sloan. I love that guy. He, he's so much fun to watch. He, he's so believable in his role, which is utterly silly. Because he's walking down the little ship like, Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm from Earth. I'm from Earth. How are you? And, but it, it really was more exciting than that, but a little more dramatic than that. But he, he, he did a really good job getting off that ship and, and making it believable, not just stupid and silly. Which has got to be hard to do because you are walking down. You are a grown man in a ridiculous outfit and a ridiculous hat and shiny ass boots, walking on a, a little platform in, in the middle of a soundstage, walking down to other people covered in dirt and glycerin, and going, "Hey, I'm from Earth. Here to rescue you. Let's all go." It's a, it sounds stupid and ridiculous, but this guy actually manages to make it believable. And kudos to that fucking guy. I don't know how he did that. That sounds impossible. Honestly, I don't think I could do it. But uh, the whole, whole, basically the whole story is that James Whitmore's character, uh, Benteen, has become essentially, this is what I was getting to before, he's not just like taking care of everyone, he's like a cult leader. He's a little Jim Jonesian, where he's like walking around like patting people on the back and he's like, you know, it's okay. It's all right. We'll, we'll get there together. No worry. They're coming. And then he has this little like during her funeral 
uh, the bitch that hung herself, he's like doing his little speech, and he's like, I want everyone to repeat after me. A spaceship is coming. A spaceship is coming. A spaceship, and they all start chanting, and you're like, oh. That's when you kind of realize, oh, this isn't about that one guy not getting along with them at all. This is about this guy in his own fucking brain. And those are usually my favorite episodes. When it's one guy having a fucking problem, and it's not some sort of cliche storyline, blah, blah, blah. But this is just one guy struggling to deal with something, which is infinitely more interesting to me than like a fucking toy alien shows up or, uh, you know, some weird three-headed alien or uh, whatever you want to do. <coughs> Robot, excuse me for coughing there. My voice is going out. I need to drink some more wine, don't I? Enjoy this commercial. I don't have any commercials, do I? I don't know what I was thinking right there. Point is, let's continue. Um, I'm so ill-prepared. I have three notes. One of them is the amount of people on here. The other one's about glycerin. And the other one's about Brooks. And that's really all I have. So I don't know what else to say. It's a good episode. The whole, whole fucking crux of the episode is that uh, the captain, the colonel rather, that gets off the spaceship in his silver boots, gets there... Everyone immediately like gives up on Benteen, who's like their god. He thinks he's a god for them. They stop listening to him for every single thing. Basically, he had in a very, very, str- I would say insanely important role before. He was literally keeping these people alive, except for the one woman who killed herself. He didn't do too good of a job there. Uh, failed in his duties there. Uh, I just say it's a, it's a severe blemish in his record. Because like, if you were looking for a job at like McDonald's and you're, as a manager... And they're like, oh, I see you. You got, you got the last store that you're at. Their, their numbers are way up, and they bonus like crazy per month. It says here one employee killed himself in, in the fryer I don't need to read, read the rest of your accomplishments, sir. Uh, kindly get the fuck out of my business, please. Because why, why did someone kill themselves on your clock? On the clock. On our clock. The McClock. Why did someone do that? What the fuck's wrong with you? Get the McHell out of here, Okay. You know what I mean? It's a severe blemish. No one's going to hire you again. But he, he kept on alive for so long, and now this new guy shows up. <clears throat> He's, you know, quote-unquote handsome. Uh, He's something. Kind of Rod Serling looking. Uh, he, he shows up, and he's like, we're going to go back to Earth. And uh, no, don't listen to him. You don't need to listen to him. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to Earth and blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, Benteen is like, he calls them all children. They don't know how to survive. He's previously been telling them stories about Earth and like how green it is and how amazing it is and just how fast, how much they're gonna love this fucking place. And as soon as Sloane shows up, he's just like, you know what? Earth is not what we told you. What I told you, it's it's a shithole. It's misery. There's wars. Blah blah blah. And I was like, dude, they only believe that shit because you told them. It's it's on you, bro. Like, you want to you want to be the good and bad parent at the same time. Let's say getting high in front of your kid and being like, drugs are bad. Don't fucking do this awesome stuff. Seriously, it's so much fun. <laughs> don't do it, though. Oh, my God, don't do it. I learned it from watching that whole thing. But uh, Whitmore's uh, falling apart. He keeps pleading to uh, Captain Sir Colonel Sloan. I keep forgetting their fucking titles. Who cares? He keeps pleading with them like, <clears throat> you know, treat him like children. When we get to Earth, we're all going to stick together. Like we're wild fucking animals. We're all going to get a little commune. Let's just say in the middle of some sort of jungle. And uh, 
you know, maybe some reporters show up, maybe some politicians, and we shoot them, and then we all have to kill ourselves after because we are going to get invaded. I've seen this. I've seen this story before. It's a, it does happen in real life. Not too far after this episode airs. Um, I mean, far enough that it's a distant, but it's it's a uh, this shit happened. Uh, but <clears throat> you kind of get the feeling that's where it's going to lead, and if it doesn't, let me back up. You have a feeling that's where it's going to lead, so therefore, that's what I thought the episode was going to be about. I thought he was going to go, you're going to take my people who aren't, aren't going to want to stay together the way I want them to, so I can't be in control. So I'm sitting there waiting for Ben T to either A, destroy the ship, or even worse, B, kill his, kill his parishioners, kill everybody that is living there, a la Jim Jones. Kill them or get them to kill themselves. It's all the fucking same, Jim Jones. Uh, you murdered them. I don't care what you want to, what you, what you're thinking now. But um, I, so I, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that to go down. Some sort of uh, wrap up with that. Really, what happens is Sloan goes, "We're leaving, dude." Like, and, like he overthrows him publicly, and he starts to go crazy. Sloan goes crazy, runs off into the cave somewhere. Sloan and everybody's looking for him because they're about to leave. Uh, this is after Sloan, this is after, uh, sorry, Benteen had his outrage with a stick, hitting the, hitting the ship a couple times, very pathetically. It was, it was the saddest thing I've ever seen because he did no damage to the goddamn ship. He had like a metal pipe, but he's just like, eh, 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 fuck it. All right, eh, 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 run in the cave. And then he comes out of the cave and he starts doing a speech to nobody. And I expected him to make like straw people and I'm like, Hey, I'm Sally. I love you, Captain Benteen. Oh, really, Sally? <laughs> that's great. I want to fuck you, Benteen. Oh, that's great, Sally. We should wait till everyone else leaves. Oh, we don't need to. Okay. And he starts fucking this like straw woman made out and made out of it with a head of rock. Like he's gonna go fucking lunatic, uh, you know, cap, uh, cast away and just make fucking Wilson to drill a hole in the mouth. And that's what the fuck he's gonna do with it. But this guy's gone crazy. He's going to do some weird shit. And instead, he hears him leave, and he runs out, and he's just like, that's right, get the fuck out of here. That's right, leave. Go back to Earth. <laughs> oh, Earth. Oh, they have, like, it's so green and beautiful and full of, the city's full of, like, uh, junkies and porn shops and like uh, needles just glittering the alleys and used condoms in the roads. I miss the used condoms in the roads. Gotta leave without me. <laughs> and the guy goes fucking crazy and he just holds his arms out and that's where the camera just pulls away in this cool crane shot. And that's where it ends. And I was like, I originally I was like, oh, I wanted more, but also I was like, oh, that's such a cool ending. I love how simple it is. I love that they didn't swing for the fences, have a big fancy trick ending. They just showed this like little morality tale about a guy whose ego grew out of control and therefore he collapsed on himself and just, that's it. It, it can be that simple. It doesn't need to be something fancy. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. That's all it was. And it was, it was fun. It was fascinating. I, I really enjoyed watching this one. It is one of my favorite episodes. I think I gave it an eight. It's favorite episode of season four. Solid all, solid all around. You weigh it against the other, you know, other seasons, their best episodes. It, it competes. It competes. I'm not going to say it's better than them, but it does compete. Uh, writing's great. It's shot very beautifully. As, as minimal as the set was, it was still believable enough. I, I, it wasn't like one of those ones where you can see the cyclorama in the background, like uh, no time, uh, no time Enough at Last, so you can just see Burgess Meredith about to run into the fucking thing. It's, it's, uh, it's better. 
And it, it's the spaceship looked cool. Everything looks cool. Everyone did their job. It was fun. I, I honestly have no complaints for this episode, which is probably why this episode is only 20 minutes right now. Um, and I'm at a loss for words. So, oh, let me say this. Um, I, I showed the girlfriend this episode uh, for her Twilight Zone, taking her Twilight Zone virginity. Uh, she liked it. I don't think she isn't crazy in love with it, but that's fine. That's to be expected. Uh, I, I warned her that season four episodes are an hour and not as good as the rest. So that was that was prefaced. She watched that one uh, this on Thursday. We leave for home. She was like, "Oh, that was good. That was, that was all right." Yeah. And then we watched uh, the the previous episode to this, which is the Incredible World of Horace Ford, and immediately fell asleep. And I was like, "How could?" I don't blame you. I wish I could sleep, but I have to rewatch it because it's been a month since I watched it. Shit, I wish I could sleep. I was jealous. I was jealous that she didn't have to watch it. She made the right decision to, to, to stay behind, unlike Benteen. She made the right call, uh, and I just flew away watching the episode again for the second time, and it was not worth it, and I don't recommend it. <sighs> not even with commentary. It just wasn't, no. I just, I just don't get it. I... I I don't get that last episode. It's terrible. This one's really good, though. The next one, next two are going to be interesting. Only two more season four. I can't wait to get past it. In fact, I'm just done. I'm done with this podcast now. How about that? I just want to be done with season four. So next episode is going to be a passage on Lady Anne and then the Bard. And then we'll do our top and bottom fives of season four. And then we're done with it. We are goddamn done with season four. Thank Christ. Cannot wait to be done. Just wanna, I want I want that to be in the rear view instead of episodes like you know, Shadow Play, and Obsolete Man, all the good episodes, The Silence, my favorite episodes. Uh, just those are all gone. Those are behind us. So there's not a whole lot for me to look forward to in season five, to be honest with you. Season five might be the season I know the least. It really is. I, I just. And, and it's probably great. I don't know. I'll find out. There's a lot of episodes I think I know the episodes, just not, don't recognize them by the title exactly. But we'll find out when we get there. Um, go to liwstudios.com, youtube.com slash loitering in Wonderland, um, Indie Sports Car Podcast on uh, your podcast catcher, whatever the fuck you want to call it, ISCP Podcast on Twitter, and check out our uh, friends over at Raiders of the Lost Flicks. On you know they're on Twitter and they're also on YouTube, Raiders of the Lost Flicks. So until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. <laughs>